and at weekends morning coffee would be made at around ten o'clock and the choice was invariably the light parisian blend rated at three on the scale of strength he took the stone jar out of the fridge opened it sniffed the beans and then put it back this was not a weekend and the situation was about as far from typical as he could imagine instead he took out the other jar the Javan High Roast that he had been experimenting with as a late afternoon brew rated five plus, and put four scoops of the almost black grains into the mill. He had other alternatives in the cupboard, several unopened bags of ready ground, but this would take a little more time, and he needed a little more time. Hearing the name, the first time that he had heard it spoken in thirty years, had been like receiving a verbal gunshot wound, preferable to the other sort that had been there in the back of his mind as soon as Waters had told him who had hired the car, of course, but enough of a shock nonetheless for Kelly to see, if only momentarily, that he had struck home. For three decades Stuart Riley had been safely buried in an unknown grave, now he was all too upright and in conversation with an Irishman on the streets of King's Lake. It's one thing to see a dead man walking, and quite another to be one. Dermot Kelly had refused the offer of anything to drink. He was waiting in the lounge, or at least Smith assumed that he still was, having agreed to come across the road and talk indoors out of the coming rain and out of sight of the neighbours, but there was certainly something angry in him, something suppressed, that could not decide which of the two men he had just met, Smith and Riley, he disliked the most. That was why he had refused the offer of coffee or tea, or even just something cold. Still, Smith was making enough for three, just in case Kelly changed his mind. He would need at least two cups for himself, and he had to get down some of the painkillers as well. A cigarette wouldn't go amiss either, but that would involve stepping out onto the patio, and he didn't think that he and Dermot were quite at that level of intimacy yet. When he went back into the lounge, Kelly was standing with his back to the window, waiting for him, his hands in his jeans pockets, the same fixed angry expression on his face. Smith usually knew exactly why people were annoyed with him. In fact, in most cases, he had arranged it. But Mr. Kelly's emotional position in all this was a mystery as yet. If he was an assassin, he was a very odd one. But why else would a young Irishman be here? They had tried twice before, after all, and the memory of that shaped Smith's opening words. "'I'm supposed to make a phone call when this happens.' When what happens? When someone turns up, someone from the old country. A half-smile, half-sneer at that. The old country. That never was your country, was it? That's sort of the point, hasn't it? Mr. Kelly, I have no idea what the point of this is. Sooner or later you're going to have to tell me. That's the coffee done. Sure you won't change your mind? When he returned to the lounge with his coffee, Smith took a seat in one of the armchairs. After some hesitation, Kelly did the same. They looked at each other, and then Smith took a sip of the black liquid and savoured it with a frown, as if coming to a conclusion about it really was the most important thing he had to do this morning. 
Kelly said, So you've not confirmed to me that you are, that you were once, Stuart Riley, Mr. Smith, if that doesn't sound too Irish for you. Smith put the cup and saucer down on the glass-topped table by his chair and acknowledged the irony before he responded. I don't know why you think that I would, Mr. Kelly, but then that's because I don't actually know who you are other than your name. I don't know who else might be waiting around the corner in a black transit van or a white one. It makes no difference. I'm not in the habit of answering questions from perfect strangers, wherever they originate from, so it's nothing personal. Kelly thought it over long enough for Smith to pick up the cup and saucer again. Fair enough. I can see that. But the fact that you've invited me in here is an acknowledgement of something, isn't it? English hospitality? Oh, yes, that.